Hello and welcome to the 18th episode of the third season of the Plebs on Footy podcast. I'm your host, Rory O'Kane, and as always, I'm joined by Scott Fotheringham. But I'm not going to let you speak huh? because there is a more important oh, person what? in the room for the first time in nearly a year. It is our producer, the one true producer, our Lord and Saviour, James Vicamp. G'day, boys. G'day, Pooch. It's good to be back. He, he, he is our saviour. I mean, this would have been the most miserable part of all time, but he, he's given us a bit of a lift. Yeah, he's the, only, he's the only reason I got out of bed this morning. Um, I, I was in pretty bad stuff. Pretty bad areas. <laughs> Jeez, it would suck to have a losing footy team this week, wouldn't it? Oh, get out of here. We've actually, Leave! We've actually got a very, very packed pod. We have plenty to get through. Yeah, you've added about six segments. Oh, my notes go for go for ages. Yeah, this week. How, I don't how, like how this. organized am I? Why are you like? Ever since you finished your degree, mm, not, not yeah, enjoying I'm taking over. Mm. I'm going to be CEO of um, Footy Enterprises pretty soon. You're going to start taking my titles. <laughs> yeah, all of them, mate. All of them. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't, don't appreciate it. But welcome back, James. Thank you. Before we get into it, do you want to try reveal my uh, my gift to the pod? Uh, he's, yeah. getting, he's getting a segment. I was going <laughs> to save it for the appropriate well. time of, during the oh, okay. segment because um, oh, yeah, we, we, we can do whatever. I, I, I'd just like to tease out this welcome back a little bit more, and not <laughs> not, not rudely interrupted by you know football talk. Yeah. Producer <laughs> has a segment, so yeah, it's yeah exciting it's, stuff. It's, it's almost like he did his job. So another thing we're going to have to get through. My God, this is going to be a long podcast. Uh, strap in for the ride. But how are you coping? I just want to do a mental uh, health check in. No, it's like, well, I'm gutted, but. I'm, d- I'm determined to be positive. I'm, uh, I think if you take out like the emotional gut reaction of like how the hell does this keep happening to us, you, d- you just have to be positive about our footy club. But yeah. we'll get into more detail about that later. But, you know, we're, we're, we're on the right track, obviously. And there's, there's just no scope for going backwards. So no, when you lose Angus Brayshaw to North and don't get Gaff, that'll, that'll see you back Gus will stay. I'm not worried about Gus at all. We've, we've been good to him. He'll stay, he'll stay. But anyway, can we start getting into <laughs> some stuff? Because, as I said, very packed pod. Yeah, go ahead. So on, on to the first of my 20 segments, uh, Gold Jacket, Green Jacket. <laughs> the title derives from the line in Happy Gilmore, Gold Jacket, Green Jacket, who gives a shit. And we give 3-2-1 votes for the most meaningless games of the round. Uh, a lot of contenders this week. I just want to say, I appreciate you rushing through that, but it probably could have been cut. Uh, as long as they hear it and they know what the segment's about. Uh, you, you said it so quickly, it was gibberish, Scott. Yeah, all right. I'll try to slow down my delivery then. The one vote we're giving Eston defeated Frio by 29 points. Uh, look, I can't say I managed to watch this game. I was on a train down to Geelong. Yeah, and I was on my way back from my miserable hellhole of an afternoon. So, <laughs> so not much attention was paid right? to this. And when I did get home, I did want to distract myself from the shit show I just witnessed. I did put it on, but I was quite drunk did and you? very miserable. Wouldn't you have done the opposite? Wouldn't you just not no, want to watch see, any footy see, at all? I, I run headlong into into the fight and just go, I want to be distracted by two teams I'm comfortable watching. I do the opposite thing. I Stakeless football. Down. Yeah, I do that with football media because I don't like hearing North bagged, which given somebody said two seconds later it was the most embarrassing performance of some period of time for us, uh, it was the right decision. They love exaggeration, don't they? Mm. Uh, so, closer game than expected. I mean, it was pretty close by the end of the game. Was that purely just bad kicking from Essendon and just keeping them in the game? Or was there some sort of a pat on the back for Freya? Look, Freya's last two weeks haven't been bad. And they're without their best player and their most Im- second most important player. They'd so, be their two most and, important And they had, then had Darcy out as well. Mm. So, the only good thing they have about... Uh, when Sandilands is out, they got a pretty good backup, and he wasn't there. So I think this is a good effort for Freo. I'd be 
pretty positive about this week. And because yeah, I think Essendon's form line recently has been pretty good. Yeah, I, I think it's inarguable that they're a pretty good side. They're not great by any means, but they're pretty good. After the loss of Fife and Sandy, it would have been very, very easy for Freya to just completely give up on this season. Yeah, and they, they haven't entirely. They had a really good win last week. And yeah, right in this one. So yeah, good on them. Uh, all I've heard about Essendon is I've just heard Arazia, which which I like. I'm very happy with that. We all we all love Arazia. He's pretty good. <laughs> he's bloody exciting. He's um he's a lot better than just being a meme for Brian Taylor. <laughs> like he's he's kind of what Jake Stringer was when he made the All Australian team. He's he's <sighs> not not in that he's <sighs> but like he's not a footballer that should just be looked at only as someone who Brian Taylor pronounces Funnily, like he's more than that. He is a very good player in his own. He right. is improving too. Like I wondered if mm. him having the injuries, he kind of come back in and like he feels like one of those players who could be like a flash in the pan. Like he could yeah. have just had an exciting year or whatever. And I wonder when he came back whether it would continue. But he's actually he's playing better than he was last year. Yeah, true. Um, in in the games he's played, so he's actually improving. <sighs> very disappointing. I like him. North apart. But anyway, we should we should move on. Uh, two votes. Richmond defeated St Kilda by fifty four points. At the first half wasn't disgusting to watch in in the sense that it was just so impressive. Yeah, there, sometimes there are games where you look at the best team playing the best their best football, and it, no matter what the other sides are going, you sit back and go, "Wow!" Yeah. Funnily it, enough, the point the game that sticks out in my mind like that is the first quarter of a Richmond GWS match where GWS kicked about ten yeah, goals yeah, on them, yeah. and they sometimes. Beautiful football can just happen in a one-sided match. Richmond are less exciting in that sense as GWS mm. were at their best, but it's more just you just sit back and appreciate it. Mm. You just think this is this is really special the way that they're playing as a unit. Yeah, the, <laughs> what I like about Richmond, I'm not sure if I like it. What I appreciate about Richmond is their single-minded focus on moving the ball forward. Yep. Like, yep. I think their possession numbers are significantly lower than if you looked at the amount of times they impacted a ball going forward. And they, that's probably true for everyone. But they just seem to have the most desperate willingness to keep the ball moving in their direction. And I think with the way football's congested, the way football um, just seems to be a little bit more stagnant, harder to get that clean ball, I think what the tactic they use in doing that is probably what makes them so effective in many occasions. Well, they're, they're not a high-possession team. No. And they don't... They switch sometimes. They don't mm. switch a lot. But every time they do, there's not... There's no... Never switching back and forth. Yeah. They switch and they go. And they, they give it a chance. And they just... They back in their players in front of the ball to win the contest and yeah. to knock it on and to keep the ball moving. And that, that's a... That is a talent thing as as well as being a team thing. that There are a lot of teams who could try to do that, but I don't think they would win the amount yeah. of contests that they... Ahead of the ball, and they wouldn't have that much belief. Yeah, for St Kilda, yeah, their season's been written off for so long. They they had a bit of good form, but it's not sustainable. They're a bad team. Yeah, well, they're not the basket case of the competition. No, they're not Carlton. They're, they're they're not the worst team, but they're not very good either. And I like I, I can't see a lot of positives going forward. So you, you'd be a bit upset. Yes, yeah, outside of Jade Gresham, of course. Uh, now let's get to three votes. Uh, three votes we are giving to Hawthorne defeated Carlton by 72 points. So to those teams we say... Gold jacket, green jacket, who gives a shit? Yeah, about right. Fair, fairly predictable. The most interesting thing was that 
uh, Daniel Howe's getting suspended for a truckload of time. <laughs> yeah, the, the trip one's a bit of a weird one, isn't it? He broke his leg, so you kind of have to actually treat it seriously. They've just been sweeping trips under the rug for quite a while now. Yeah. You see a lot of them and you go, oh, that is against the rules and it should be suspended by a lot of the metrics that we used to use. But it's not anymore and like it didn't hurt anyone, so it's okay, but... When you break someone's leg. I, I often wonder whether trips are that dangerous, but then... Like, then it, someone it, breaks their leg. Yeah, like, <laughs> I, 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 was, I was very surprised to hear that he broke his leg. Like, you kind of look at the incident and you think, oh, he's probably just tripped up and it, it's not a big deal. So, uh, it, yeah, it, it's, it's a strange incident. He's already got two and potentially... I'd say the likelihood he's probably get three on top of it. So that's, Yeah, the AFL is arguing for three to four. Yeah, okay. And so that is just about his season. Yeah. The impact's been great. It's a beer. It's in the middle of the trial now, but... Yeah. Th- that's almost Hawthorne's season, really. McAvoy, Sisley, how... No, it's not. Out. It's not their season. They're, they're starting to... Oh, no, I... I so on demand. Burgoyne's still... still he, he's coming back, I think, this week. Oh, maybe no, soon. They're just so depleted, and... They got away with it against Carlton, but... But we've, we've gone over what an easy run they have, and this week doesn't change anything. How, how's not that important? And they, they got the win against Carlton, got a fair bit of percentage with 72 points. That, yeah. I, I think they're in the box seat to play finals, but there's their every chance to slip up. But they have to stuff it. That's the thing. Yeah, I, I think they will. I don't have them making finals, personally. Right. Did you do your ladder predictor? Yeah, I did. I had him about 10th. Yeah, okay. I, I had him in the I didn't do it this week. I was too depressed. But the previous week, yeah, I think I had him 8th. Yeah, okay. so they're right on that borderline for both of us. Mm-hmm. But anyway, let's get to the reason we brought the producer back. Uh, it does relate to this segment. For the first time ever, somebody's kept track of what we've said on this podcast. Uh, and he's done a tally of the most irrelevant teams in the competition. So are you doing this a 3 2 1 format or yeah, are you more in depth? 3 2 1 format. Okay, Put, give, it, give us two of the most irrelevant teams in the So now that I've kept you guys accountable after having actually kept track of it, rather than just letting you guys say whatever you want. <laughs> the yeah, ongoing most irrelevant team of the competition is. Number three. Brisbane on 19 votes. Okay. That feels stiff, to be honest. Oh, that's fairly standard, though, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, but I don't know. I, I really like the direction they're going. <laughs> the thing is, but even their wins have been gold jacket green jacket. Yeah, which is, that's not their fault either. They just keep actually beating sides on good weeks. <laughs> like, I'm not saying it's that, that's the thing about this, is quite often it'll be a really good performance from a team that gets votes. And yeah, they, you they get it's a criticism vote. of them, but I, I can see why they're in there. But yeah. Two votes on uh, Gold Coast on 23. Yeah, no, that and one I, checks out. I, 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 I just want to put in, for, like, from two weeks ago to five weeks ago, Gold Coast got three votes for three weeks in a row. Oh, so they're coming with a bullet. They're, yeah, they're, they're yeah, coming they're home right. hard. This is something which we never would have noticed if it weren't for you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the most irrelevant team, Carlton on 27. Oh, why isn't it North? Didn't <laughs> I dog them enough early on to have them as the most irrelevant team? You, oh, you, well, I, I didn't tell you up north. North is on only 10. So yeah, we're what? miles away. Miles did, did, away. Were they, were they three votes the first four rounds? I think they were... First yeah, but I revolted. I think, they were first, uh, I think they were first three rounds, and then they had one vote later on. But why are you factoring in his votes? It's my segment. <laughs> yeah, it was my bloody podcast. I'm not going to let you uh, use and I mean, abuse I, I, your power. What kind of a joke of a negative. segment? Negative Talks about irrelevance and don't have North at number one. <laughs> I mean, I've got to say, like, you guys, like, bickering about, like, whose votes I'm going to take. Made my job very, very difficult. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, we won't do you any favours. We won't think about you too much. Yeah. To be honest, we never think about each other even, so to, to add you to the equation was a step too far. 
But let's get to the real football. Um, this game doesn't need much said about it. Collingham defeated North by 66 points. Ouch. You're not quite good enough, are you? No, we're not. No, you're not. It's like, it's, it's the season's still gravy, because everyone expected us to finish last, but yeah, we're clearly... I, I said this to you quite a bit early, and I, I didn't think it had happened sort of midway through, but... As soon as we got injuries, our depth was shown to be not good enough. Mate, th- that's one of your most annoying things all year. Every week you change your mind on whether you have depth or not. I remember a strong conversation where you were saying, we have depth in every position, we are fine. No, it didn't. And then you just jump yeah. off it. It's but young you, depth. You want to blame injuries now, so it's, uh, it suits you to talk no, about that. I'm not saying we're not, we're not good enough because we don't have the depth. Need to stick to something for once, Benji. Need to stick to something. <laughs> this podcast is not about being accountable, Scott. <laughs> to Leave me alone. <laughs> to be fair to you, you're not the only team that Collingwood has done this to this year. Melbourne no. being one of them, but there, there have been multiple teams that they've done it to. They're playing yeah, some they extremely good They absolutely jumped us, and we didn't do ourselves any favours. We didn't show up at all. Like, North were bad, but Collingwood were really good. How, how much of it do you think was you being bad? Because um, honestly... Collingwood, Melbourne, we were disappointing, but I came away from that thinking a lot more about Collingwood than I did about Melbourne. So the irrational part of me blames the umpires. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> for a 66-point <laughs> loss, yeah. Um, no. So we missed, I think we had the first three shots on goal or something, and or two or three of the first four shots on goal or something. We missed three really easy shots, and after that, they went on a run where they didn't miss. See, they kicked six in a row or something. Mm. And it wasn't, like, we weren't out in the contest by any means, but I think that really showed the disparity. They they made the most of their opportunities and we didn't. Okay, so, so, so you were in the game, but they were a lot more clean and clinical. That, that's overstating, but we weren't as bad as yeah, it yeah. looks in the end. Yep. I, I think this was worst-case scenario stuff for North. Um, this, game, this game couldn't have gone anywhere. We had... The most amount of blood rules I've ever seen, just as an aside. Scott Thompson had a bloody nose three times and had to go off and stop the game. Well, the for the three blood rule lost us the game too, but we'll get, we'll get, we'll get to I'm that. I'm not later. going that far. I'm not saying it cost us the game. <laughs> uh, where are you sitting on this idea of Collingwood uh, basically completely recreating Richmond's game plan of last year and this year? Um, no. I don't. I don't think it's a bad call. I don't think it's bad at all, to be honest with you. They've got a they've got a very small forward line, a lot of pressure around the ball, and I feel like their defensive structures are oh, they're a slight they're a less consistent version of Richmond in the way that they set up. When, when I've gone to games, I have watched it and thought this is unbelievably impressive the way that they see. I don't look at their forward line as small in the same way Richmond's is. It's sort of but what a, tools do they have? No, so. Let me fit it. They've got Mason Cox, who is just a giant. And, like, he's the Jack Rewalt of that side in a significantly inferior way. Yes. But plays the role of being the guy they can kick it to, brings it to ground. Yeah. And Rewalt yeah, has so much forward. more than that. But <laughs> that's what Mason Cox does. But all the ancillary guys around it are much bigger than what Richmond has. Degoe can mark. Hoskin Elliott can mark. Stevenson yeah. is a bit bigger. They're all... Sidebottom spends a lot of time yeah, forward and he can take a mark. They're not... Like, Richmond is all about that crummy, that intense mm. pressure. Collingwood also have a bit of aerial threat that I don't think Richmond have. And this isn't a criticism of Richmond because I think their forward line actually works better than Collingwood yeah, yeah. still. 
But is that just an, like, an inevitable personnel thing, that they just happen to have those smalls who can mark as well? Yeah, but I don't... Or is I don't, it the way they're I trying I agree, to but play? I also don't think their pressure's as good. Like, I, I think it's... It's a kind of similar structure with enough nuance in the differences that it's not the same. I think it's, I think it's unfair to say they've outright copied it. Okay. I, I think their forward line is unique, even from Richmond's, and very impressive what they're doing. And their back line is nowhere near as talented as Richmond's. That's true. But it, like, it's not necessarily a criticism saying that, oh, they're just copying Richmond. I mean, good on them. They're no, copying the best they're, of the team, and they're doing a good job yeah, of it. Yeah, they're copying some of the... Some some of the broad strokes of their structure. There is a, a lot of Richmond to the way that they play. I think. Yeah, and good on them. Like they're playing some damn good footy doing that way. Yeah. God, it's I, I, be I guess the difference. Is, yeah, it is. I guess the difference is I'm focusing on our more personnel base than anything. Else. So maybe you're right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's move on, please. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Gold Coast defeated Sydney. What is the upset of the season? This was unbelievable. Upset. I would have enjoyed this so much if it wasn't at the same time as my. Like, yeah, well, mate, how do you, how do you go? I felt everything was coming up so well. North got flogged, Sydney lost. That could maybe knock them out of the eight. Oh, what if Melbourne got a win yeah. tonight? How do you think I felt? Um, yeah, <laughs> everything bad. built me pretty up bad. for it. Uh, upset of the season, definitely. How far back do you reckon you go on how big or upset it is? I have to think. I don't like making these calls off the top of my head because I am very much an in one ear, out the other with a lot of things. But oh, it's hot. I this thought they had lost no eleven in a row, and they and were looking really. They were limp. down six goals or something. Yeah, that was that's Early. the thing that made it amazing. At quarter time, they were getting utterly like, flogged. What the hell did you say at half time? Like, that's unbelievable. Sydney, they're not very good. No, they're really not. And again, there was a lot of being shown up on the outside. They're just they're just so they're slow and they're boring. Yeah, I think last week's game. Between Sydney and North, which was called as quite a good game, it was put into a bit of perspective this week. Yeah. It was a good football game, but I don't think it was between two good, particularly good sides. Well, to be honest with you, the games against the best sides are often quite boring, or low scoring, mm. because yeah. the best sides are very good defensively. That's true. So this week, Richmond Collingwood, I can't wait for. It'll be really intense. Be about probably, 70 each. <laughs> yeah, it'll be quite low scoring. In the I best case scenario. I'll enjoy that, for sure. I like that type of footy. But, uh, yeah, so well, when we have these high-scoring games, it was like Collingwood-Brisbane as well. It's like, that was exciting to watch, but was it quality footy? It's, there is a question mark on that. Yeah. Ah. I, I really do struggle over that. Because in some cases, I think yes, because the skill on show with the kicking and the ball movement, I think that, that is high-quality football. But then you look and at it... It's how, not sustainable well, football. Yeah, and but what are the circumstances that allowed that to happen? It meant there was no pressure because we've seen nearly every player in the competition folds, cannot execute those skills under pressure. Like, there's it's mm. what makes you great is being able to execute under immense pressure. But anyway, we probably shouldn't be talking about last week's game. No, um, let's talk about Gold yes. Coast. <laughs> yes, you'd like to talk about Gold Coast. You love Gold this Coast. This was the only thing that made me happy this week, Scott. Leave me alone. Actually, no, your loss helped. Um, it, was, it was very much a... Oh, at least I don't have to walk in TCU tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I know you want to talk about Lockie Weller. Oh yeah, because you love the man. God, those both of those goals that he kicked—that showed more pace than I ever saw from him at Frio. At Frio, 
I feel like he had a bit of the Ross Lyon shackles. There was a bit of that, yeah. you're playing this role, don't show your talent. He and now he's very to... much... Yeah. So he wasn't worth pick two. He, no, he just still wasn't. Not on what he showed, not on how he's developed this year. No. He was probably worth the pick in the teens. Yeah. yeah that, that, and that was fair. where that's he got fair. drafted. Yeah. I think he pretty much maintained his value. But... It's not like he's not talented. The amount of people talking about him as though it was an absolute Barksky case of the deal because he's no good. I, I think that's been unbelievably well, it's overblown. A, it's he, a relative. He's no good relative to what they gave up, is, is the point. They're not saying... He's, no one said he's a bad footballer. He he's, showed, he's he showed been real... verging on that, though. He, he showed real signs at Freo. It was just... It was very much glimpses. And I feel like he wanted the... Sh- the shackles have come off yeah. now that he's in a team What's where he's been expected changed? to be. And it, it wasn't even... It was six weeks ago. He, he, had to, he was playing pretty poorly up until yeah. then. Yeah. And he started playing a more main man role in the midfield. He started taking the game on more, backing himself in. And they... West Coast... West Coast... Gold Coast need that kind of development because so many of their players haven't developed under them. And mm. he is a great story for them. And... He is a sexy footballer, so he's good to watch. He too. is a sexy footballer. He brings elements to the Gold Coast that they desperately need. Has to be said, he's also a, a sexy man. Yeah, no, he is. <laughs> he really is. He is. Yeah. He, uh, oh, no, I'm not going to make that joke because I don't remember what it's actually called. But look, they've also got some players coming back in Gold Coast, so I mean... Yeah, Braden Fiorini. Yeah. Jack Martin's not, unfortunately. Out for four to five, which... Yeah, no like, one wants to hear about it, but rules my fantasy. Yeah, how do you think I felt? I was pretty happy getting Hanley in, and he played one week, and then he got gastro and didn't play this week. <laughs> Did he actually? <laughs> so just puts back his return even further. But anyway. Uh, He'll be back, Marlo though. 50 touches. Yeah, he'd better play. He'd better he, play. It's unbelievable that he hasn't played all yeah. year. Like, I get yeah. when he was injured, yeah, don't play. But he was healthy for most of the year. But yeah, let's move on, unless you want to say more about Sydney. No, no, no. I think it's time for a segment. Yeah, let's... Let's get to everybody's actual favourite segment, Kane Corns. <laughs> the amount of competition we have over the favourite segments every week. I don't think there's a segment that isn't everybody's favourite segment, <laughs> which, um, yeah, quite uh, counterintuitive. Uh, we're going with a man who I don't think we've ever brought up in this part. Which is strange, actually. Um, given <laughs> he his, fits well. He's, he, he belongs in this club. He does. This is a man who's very comfortable saying absolute nonsense. It's Dermot Brereton. Uh, he called on Bernie, Vince, after the uh, loss to Geelong to show a respect to the game, show a respect to your opponent, and get off and socialise somewhere else after he saw Bernie smiling at the end of the game. I- I'm happy we brought this up because this is one of my biggest hates in footy. I hate this concept that when you lose a game, you have to look absolutely gutted for hours afterwards. People handle disappointment differently. Mm. Some people get angry. Some people I, cry. It was great seeing Petrarca so emotional after the game. I'm not sure if you would have seen well, that. I don't care if he is or he isn't, to be I, honest I, I thought that you. was fantastic, but it's just as great seeing Bernie Vince able to take a devastating loss, talk to one of his best mates, and hear good news about his father's health. And be happy about it. <laughs> it was, uh, you're talking about an unwell father and you make mm. a light-hearted comment in that context. Human beings smile in that situation. Yeah. Regardless. And we know Bernie Vince. Bernie Vince has been so good for the Melbourne footy. Like, the way he talks about us in all of his speeches at Best and Ferris and stuff, he absolutely loves the club. He would have been shattered. But you're allowed to smile when you're talking to a mate after a game. Yeah, he brought- I hate this. <laughs> I hate it. 
<laughs> he brought in some uh, pretty accurate uh, stereotypes about. Oh, the that's it. That makes it even worse. How bloody old-fashioned is Dermot Berry <laughs> to try to say that they're a gentleman's club, the Melbourne Football Club? That's like a 1950s stereotype. Yeah, it's that a little, is it's so a little old. Little bit old man yells at old man yells at club. It's extremely <laughs> like that. We're the biggest contested ball team in the comp. We've been copying criticism for last year. We got criticism for being thugs. Yeah, we're copying criticism for having too much inside call, tough players. You can't call Bernie Vince a gentleman and not get on the cane court yeah, segment. Exactly. And if there's one exactly. thing to Bernie Vince is not, it's a gentleman. That man is a thug and an abhorrent human being who showed his first no. sign of humanity. No, he's he's tough Saturday. and he's cute as we've gone he's over. Cute. We've gone over before, but you can't call him a. You know, it's, he's not part of a gentleman's club. It is the most pathetic, old-fashioned, and it's such a cane corns call because it's just. He just wants a headline. He does just want a headline. Um, <laughs> we'll move on to mine. Uh, that was so good, Dermot's call, that we had to sort of sideline a pretty spectacular one from Brendan Favola. But I so firmly believe it to be true that I'm piggybacking do, still. Do you really? Uh, yeah, Carlton are the worst side I've ever seen. That is retarded. Tell me I'm wrong. I will tell you you're wrong. You were around during Gold Coast and GWS's first year. There were reasons why they were bad. That's not the point. Yes, it is. No, yes, it is. Of course there were reasons. The point is who is the worst team we've seen. I'm not talking about reasons. When I looked at GWS, I went, they're young, but they're talented. Do you look at Carl and go, talent? But they are performing much better. They, GW- are, they are about on par. GWS's first year, they won two games, which I expect Carlton will probably finish. I don't reckon they'll get one more. Their wrong. percentage was 46. They got over doubled on average in their games. Carlton's is like 59. They're not even as bad as we were under Mark Neal. Okay, no, no, no. Under Mark Neal, that wasn't about the football side Entirely, Mark Neal was a massive part of that. But that's all that is a is, part of it. You got Brendan to Bolton, coaches. Brendan Bolton is not a contributor to Carlton's absolute abhorrent performance. He's tactically sound. That yes, I agree with you, and that should be a factor in what makes them a good team. Can I just remind you of Melbourne's first three games under Mark Neal? Yeah, Our first game at the G against Port Adelaide, 133 to 54. Round two at the G against Essendon, 184 to 36. Round three, we had some hope. We were ten points down at halftime against West Coast. We lost by 98 points in the end. <laughs> All three of those games were at home. That is so much worse than anything that has happened to Carlton this Explain year. Explain what was your final year of results for that. So. Two wins at a percentage of 50.97. So you had more wins than Carlton are going to have, and your percentage was in the same ballpark. It's nine points worse, mate. We were horrendous. Carlton are going to get a worse percentage. They they are not going to improve but their speculation. They are so not the worst speculation that they're going to win a game. They're pretty bad, but it's recent. They are life. awful. There are like three players that are AFL standard in that side. Mate, this is a strong, strong example of recency bias. You've just forgotten what happened five years ago. They were clearly worse. They were complete and utter easy. You they are, lost you... by 100 points every week, GWS. It was oh, you're so in GWS. <laughs> I was going to call you biased. For GWS, we finished second last that year. GWS were worse than us. GWS. That is the worst team we've seen. <laughs> GWS were building something. There was a point where they were going. There is none of that with Carlton. 
But it's hopelessness still, comes it's still into not play. the worst team we have seen. They've got to win less games. They have a, better, they have a worse future than GWS. We know that because GWS's future was quite good. But that doesn't make them a, wor- a worse team. I think it does. It's about now. But I... anyway, my one, speaking of GWS and their, their positive future back in back in those times, uh, my big call, I'm going to go with what a lot of other people have been saying, but I reckon GWS lock them in for the grand final. I like this. I, I like this a lot. I think they are by far and away the second best team. Ooh. And they are so, their form is so hot. If you go through their last, I think it's seven weeks, it is frightening the sort of form that yeah, they are in. Yeah, but They're, they did lose to West Coast without Kennedy and Darling in that time. That was and in, I think that, that was in a, Perth. I think that is the second best side in the conference. Where do you reckon GWS will finish? Third. On they, my ladder predictor. Okay, third. so they'll play what? Did you have West Coast second? Yep. They'll play West Coast in the first final. That, I think I have West Coast second on percentage. Which, so that's... Up in the air, but I think they'll play West Coast in Perth first week final. GWS is still getting players back. They're just, they're just hitting form in the right at the right time. I hundred percent agree, and everybody thinks they're the most talented side in the competition. Their best and they beats are. anyone. Yeah, except for Richmond. <laughs> so <laughs> when you, it's at the Jet. So do you think they can go to West Coast and be West Coast? Yeah, yeah, they they could absolutely they could. That's probably what they have to do to go get to the grand. Would you lock them in to beat West Coast in West Coast? I wouldn't lock them in. It'd be a fascinating. Well, then you probably game. wouldn't lock them in to beat the grand. Then I, I, <laughs> given you said they weren't as good as Richmond in the G. <laughs> yeah, I locked them in. I locked them in. They're going to win the first five against West Coast in Perth. <laughs> no, right, lock them in. Put some money on a wide. I know you love your betting. Look, Put some I money really on like it. your optimism, and I'm not going to let you out love GWS on me because th- that's my corner and you step. I don't love them. <laughs> I don't love them at all. GWS, I irrationally love the expansion sides, and I'm not letting you take that away from me. But locking in's a bit strong. Lock them in. Lock them in now, <laughs> mate. Lock them in. Uh, let's get to more football, and we'll put off your uh, your misery for a bit by starting with the other Saturday night game. Adelaide defeated Brisbane by five points. Brisbane are pretty good. I'm sorry, Banjo. I, like, obviously, I didn't see a second of this game. No, and absolutely, I was, and I cannot blame you for not and really I, and going I was back too, and looking at I was, it. I yeah, was too miserable to even look at it. So <laughs> I just saw the score and was quite shocked. Can you explain what happened? Uh, not particularly. I was more focused on your game because it was funnier. But no, <laughs> uh, like Adelaide are uh, getting back to their best. But I think Brisbane are tough to beat at the Gabba. Uh, I'm getting to the point where I look at Brisbane as a I don't know twelfth worth side instead of bottom four material. Like when I think about how I, like they're kind of a worse Essendon in that they monumentally screwed up the first half of the year results-wise, but they're not as bad as they seem. We keep expecting them to be a young team and to put up a really bad performance. It's been a while now that they've been consistently up. I suspect that bad performance Five is going to come. Five weeks or so, I think, since they've had been really bad. And yeah, young teams often don't back up five times, and no. that, that that is pretty impressive. Yeah, no, it's going to be tough for them to keep going. They What they've got going for them is they've got leaders in the guts, that are excellent footballers. Beams and Zorko, unbelievable footballers. That gives them a bit of a lot of yep. the load. And they've got some pretty solid secondary players around that that are a bit older too. The Riches and stuff like that. Robinson. Yeah. And so they're not they're not devoid of experience in the way they used to be. But Hodge has been out too. 
Yeah. So he's not giving them. So that maybe thing. maybe Hutchison was right when he said they made a mistake. The <laughs> as soon o- as he goes out, they start performing well. The, the other reason why I keep expecting him to drop off is the way they're playing isn't. It's not a consistent, it reliable brand. It feels too good to be true because it, it's so good to watch. Yeah, it feels <laughs> like it could be a, a fleeting thing. It, and if it, they're just slightly off one day, yeah. it could get brutal. It's so different to what we've seen be winning football recently. Winning football consistently, yeah. Yeah, it's it's just... It's just so good to... Like, they move the ball with such confidence and vigour that... And they don't really focus that much on defense, which I love. Well, so Port played that way a few years ago, and mm. they've done like a three sixty now. They're now struggling to score because clearly they decided I we need something over- a bit more. I consistent. think they sacrificed too far much, but we'll get to them. Yeah, like, it's 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 that sort of thing, and I like. I think they will put in a bad one eventually, but yeah, hopefully it's about you, two weeks. Put in five in a row that that's really impressive. Um, yeah, this side is quite clearly the most positive out of the. Lower tier sides, like out of Gold Coast, Carlton, St Kilda, probably even Bulldogs and Freo. They've got the brightest future. Yeah, I I would yeah. be most positive about them, and did not expect to say that. No, no, not at all. At all this year, especially with all the like cultural issues they've had with players leaving and stuff. We that, thought that was pretty. That's probably gutty. been the best part about it. I I think you can say, pretty safely say they're in a much better place. Mm. They've got new facilities. Like, there's a whole range of things they've done better off the field that I think are contributing to on the field, and I'm just stoked for them. Like, I hope you, don't. I hope they don't win three premierships you know again like because I don't like this. seeing anybody's success. But this is good. I like we're talking about this game. We focus on a positive. We haven't been talking about oh Adelaide not that good. But no, I, I think it is genuinely Brisbane are a very very dangerous I team. I don't look probably at probably good for Adelaide to get the win. Yeah, I don't look at this as a poor performance from Adelaide really. Hmm. Like they didn't do anything too bad. Brisbane just kept coming, and if a team keeps coming and they have an ability to score, it's going to be a close. Because Adelaide were up all, all night, weren't yeah. they? Like not by a lot. They were but... they were holding them at an arm's yeah. length, and then Brisbane came hard. But they had a goal after the siren, so it was a little bit more comfortable than it looks. So, but I think it's a good win for Adelaide and a good performance by Brisbane. I don't think there's a negative to take out of this game, other than Rory Sloan might have injured himself again. Yeah, is that is that legit? I, I heard he just test. got stepped on. It's a test on their injury list. Okay, well I hope he misses desperately. <laughs> we we've got Adelaide. Yeah, <laughs> took a second to click. I was like, can't say that's that going to be an interesting game. Oh, yeah, oh. it is. Um, but let's get to what probably most people have been waiting for. You lost by two points. Geelong yeah. beat you. To be honest with you, man, this was like. It was almost surreal how devastating this was. Like, I almost can't... I, I still can't really believe Was this worse than the 186? <laughs> you can't compare... No, no, it wasn't worse than 186. It definitely wasn't, because there were a lot of positives to come out of it. It, it was obviously devastating that this stuff keeps happening to us, but... You'd be fourth if Maxie had kicked it and Tui had missed. Yeah. Obviously... The most impressive thing for me out of this game was we got beaten badly in the clearances. We we were that's beaten by just nine. Just about the first time that's happened all year, isn't it? Max had a bad day. He I, was beaten in the rough. I feel like he, I, I feel like he did get a bit complacent, and he just I think he just thought I can just kind of lean into him and just do mm. whatever I want, which he needed to actually hit him and get into him, and then Stanley would just be able to jump over the top. And all night that was shocking that we were losing the clearances. But to be, we were the better team. 
Like, we should have won that game. We were the better team. Yeah, Geelong played inspired football. For about 10 minutes. And then we yeah. we turned it back our way, and then... You blew it. Shit <laughs> happened. <laughs> but to be able to... Our biggest strength to be taken away, and for us to still be very good against a good team on their home deck, that is impressive. Like, we are just... We are so close. We, we talked about this during the week. Yeah. I feel like it'll be one of those things where... I don't think we'll make finals this year. But when we jump... We're going to jump high because we we're not just close to the eight. We are also close to the top four. Yeah, and you have so little has you to have change. The easiest issues to fix, like it's hard to get talent through the door. It's hard to build a consistent desire in a team that's hard at the football. Yep. What you've got to do is become, and to be honest, leave it out has killed you. Yep. Like, the more it happens, it the, the, us, yep. the more you look at it, the more you just. Your defense isn't up to it, the keys. Yeah. Uh, you don't have the interceptors across the half mm-hmm. back flank. And, and a lot of that is the midfield needs to take criticism for not setting up well yeah. enough, which exposes them. Like, I don't want to blame Lever, Oscar McDonald. Lever for... probably covers a lot of mistakes. Yeah. Is what it I is. think that is what he did, yeah. Um, oh, I've lost my train of thought. Thanks for interrupting, Scott. <laughs> well, I, just say, I don't want to blame Oscar McDonald for, yeah. Tom McDonald, for Tom Hawkins this last quarter because, honestly, a lot of those goals were just he was hit on the tit leading out. Yeah. Like, what what no, can Oscar McDonald do about do. that? Although Frost did put in a couple of great efforts um, late, which made yeah. you think, oh, we should have made that change earlier. Frost was probably athletic enough to keep with him on the lead in a way that Oscar pretty evidently wasn't yeah. when you look back on it. But that's not... Like, well, Frost was able to just kind of come late. And yeah, get in, that, that's get in a tough late. thing to to really define going mm. into the game. You don't really know that. And you don't expect that to be the key thing. Lead up forwards are dead yeah. in this game. Well, when, when they get it, We lost the game in that patch in clearances. That was why. Yeah. It wasn't because and of that back line. clean clearances. Yeah, and they were able... They had so much space to kick into. And then you blinked, and all of a sudden they had all the momentum because it was at their home ground. Yeah, Hawkins was... Unbelievable all through the night, and then that last quarter. Yeah, that was the best game I've ever seen him play by a long way. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with you. He, and he's in really good form. I've heard his name thrown out as an All Australian contender now, and you look at it and go, probably. Well, he's he's coming home hard. If he yeah. if he plays this way for the rest of the year, he's, he'll he's be in right the equation. There. Yeah, oh, it's got to be devastating though. Yeah, capture some raw emotion for us when when, when the ball came in from from oh. the wing to the corridor. Well, what was going through your mind? <laughs> it was it was was just a feeling of this can't be happening. Like and that was the whole last quarter. Like after we got that first goal and then all of a sudden they had all this space and they had all the momentum and you just thought this can't be happening. It can't be, it can't be. And I, I was quite positive for most of the last quarter. And I, I think I had reason to be. Like Petrarca's last quarter was unbelievable. Mm. That that was the best quarter I've seen him play. He he absolutely lifted us um in a way that we've been waiting for for so long. And I thought it was his moment. I thought it was he's gonna win us this game and That'll be his him stamping his authority on the comp. Clayton Oliver was unbelievable, and I just yeah he's I, I thought the, the whole best. time like the fact they were coming hard made it it was going to be a better win. Mm. That's what my thought yeah. was for a lot of the last quarter, and then it just feels like justice that with those two tight finishes that one of them will go our way, and it's just it, a lot of it is we're just stiff. It's yeah. it's stiff. Well, no, and some of those free kicks as well. Like we were stiff. It's the max. I think the max one... The blood rule. No, I'm sorry, oh. just his miss. I think that's the bigger, oh, yeah. the bigger moment out of any of it. Like The blood rule was huge, him going off. I think it definitely altered your structures and messed with you a bit. 
To be honest, I think the danger field free kick was there in the rules. It I, was. I don't yeah, think you can argue. I agree with you. I was more pissed off about the 50 metre penalty against Harms, where he literally was standing yeah, next to the bloke when he marked it, and that was 50 metres. And minutes. then ran backwards. That rule's just so dumb. No, that rule is awful. Yeah. The idea of a protected zone with no leeway at the outset, it means it kind of means you can't go for. Spoil, like, yeah. in case they mark yeah, technically, it. Technically, like... under the rule, yeah. Yeah, that actually is true. Like, it, it, it makes no sense. Uh, that, that, that annoyed me more. The danger one was there. But you also got a pretty soft one with Maxis. He did just fall over on a pretty standard... Yeah. Off the ball. Like, Mate, that night got personal when they started booing Max. That, you can't do that to Max. <laughs> I thought that was the appropriate response to an insignificant Ruckman. <laughs> can we can we get away from this crappy game? No, I don't want to. Do, how good was Menzel's kick into the centre to Tom Hawkins? <laughs> to be honest with you, I was more impressed yeah. with Hawkins and Mark. Like, yeah, if he who was that, coming so. back into him, someone was running remember. back with the float. Yeah. They did a good job. It, like, it, I didn't expect him to hold on to it. I thought it would be spoiled. It was a strong hands. <laughs> so we're going to move on to the top five. We'll put you out of your misery. Thank we're going God top five best rule changes. I'm doing this. Don't under you love duress. being positive for us, I, I am doing this under duress. There are no positive rule changes. Every idea is bad. I want that off the top. <laughs> this is the five. <laughs> the least the, detestable. This is one, the too. five changes I don't care that much about. That that's I want to make that clear. <laughs> I'm going to. I be haven't positive. even ordered them because they don't deserve that kind of uh, thought. They are just there. Okay, okay. Uh, or I forgot to. Do I, do I start? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. My five. Uh, I've been hearing a strong chorus from everyone <laughs> that this is the ruler we need to bring in that'll fix all the problems. <laughs> bring back the sub. I love the sub. Bring it. That was the best rule change. That You're on an island made. on your own. If anybody bothered to put in the effort of actually trying to make that a tactical thing and make the most of the sub. What is the tactical rather than com- make, make the effort. Well, there were me. lots of different ones. Like, you could have a Ruckman come on. You could have a small forward come on. You could have a midfielder. There's lots of different ways you can use it. You could break you, in... You've, young- offered, you've offered variations, but you haven't showed why they're tactical. You can break in young players into the game. Like, that they, they can play a quarter in their first yeah. game. They're three quarters in their second game. Yeah. Older players, you can make them play longer. I remember Boomer Harvey always used to oh. talk about the fact he'll play longer. Dude, he would have sub. played about 500 games if they were still sub. But that's a good... Th- I mean, it's not a good thing because it's Boomer, but is that as a positive a rule, word about... As a rule, is that, no, having on, an stop, older stop, player stop, play stop. long is Was good. Was that a positive word about Brent Harvey? No, it wasn't. I, I'm talking in I'm general. I'm rewind that We want check. older players to be able to play longer. Just No one even tried to make something of it. They just complained. Yeah, because it was a good rule, and it, it, it fixed it the problem of how, well, it, it partially fixed the problem of when someone gets injured, you have someone to come on. That that helped. In yeah, that. but that's just stiff. No, like, it was a good rule. Bring back no. the sub. Everyone loves so, it. Like, is it, is it like, you only have the option for one sub. Like you, you yeah. only have the, the one player that can come on. Yep. Yeah. Like, w- wouldn't it be better if you had like five options, and then depending on the state of the game, you could bring a sub on. So like like how you saying you could do it tactically? Have like five. Possible subs. Yeah, the problem the problem with that is you have five players who aren't playing footy for the week. So like yeah. ordinarily they'd be playing VFL, staying in form and stuff. You have five players who are just sitting on a bench doing uh, nothing. Yeah, that's that's the problem. With it. Yes, it is, and that's why it's a I double. I like rule. the idea though. I don't Great care rule. that much if they bring in a red card next. <laughs> 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 My four, I've got. I've got the interchange cap at four. Like, I, I, I don't mind the idea of the interchange cap. I, I don't think 
the interchanges are cancer on the game and the way that KB talks about it. But no, I agree with that. I, I would be interested over a long period of time to see what would happen if we really heavily capped the interchange. I, I, at first, I don't think it would make any difference because I think the coaches would just try to do the same thing and then players would probably just get injured because they're trying to run too much. But over <laughs> then time, then we'd have a crisis of quality of game through injuries. Yeah, I, I, think I, would, I reckon it would ruin the game for a season or two. But then I think eventually they'd start changing structures, start playing different and maybe it would open things up a bit more. I don't know, but maybe. Yeah, look, interchange cap was also on my list of rules I didn't find particularly offensive um, because of the first idea you read out. It was number one on my list, but um, as I said, no particular order, so it can be my number four too. Next. Okay, Uh, my three, I've got red cards here. I I like the idea of the the red card. I I don't see any reason why we shouldn't have it. Uh, mo- most... The reason you shouldn't have it is because I don't trust umpires. Yeah, but that's a problem with any rule that you bring in ever. Like you can't just. That's why we should have no rules. <laughs> you can't just <laughs> refuse to bring in rules in the case. The problem of with the league is, is the rules. <laughs> I think if it was brought in in the protected AF- area, shut up. <laughs> because it's controversial enough, if it was brought in in the AFL, it would be quite conservative. They would only do it for the absolute worst yeah, incidents. For when and, um, Jeremy Cameron causes brain bleeding. When Tom Bug punches someone off the ball, like, and the person gets concussed. Tom Thug. He is a thug, I know that. I, I like him, but he's a thug. Um, in those situations, it's a good thing having a red card. Would you, have it, would you have it that there's only 17 players on the field, or would you just have one less interchange? Nah, one uh, less interchange. Yeah, one less interchange. Uh, I, I think it's too radical. <laughs> having, yeah, but nah. I would have, under your scenario, you can't use your sub to cover him. Can't sub him off. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. You're like a, a, a rotation short. Yeah, yeah. Like you would be for the player who got knocked out. Exactly, exactly. It's not a bad idea. Uh, Next, I didn't find increased distance between bounces too offensive. Mainly because they don't pay any attention to it anyway. (laughs) It's 15 metres, not 15 steps. Everybody's step is over a metre and they count by steps. Billy... No, Jack Viney once ran 50 metres without taking a bounce and he kicked a goal. It was against North, I was angry. Why? What does it matter? I, I don't particularly like this one because I don't think it'll make any difference whatsoever. And I That's don't, why the, the bounce like is, it. That is the best part about it. <laughs> the bounce is a... It, it's a fairly unique part of the game. Like I, I like the fact that yeah. it bounce. If we're just going to make it rugby, oh, you just, just tuck quietly. the ball on your arm, um, run 25 metres and kick it. Pendlebury bouncing the ball off a pigeon's head was pretty funny. Yeah, that, that was funny. It's funny because the pigeon was all right. That's what, that's what makes it yeah, funny. They might have concussion, though. We haven't got the scans back. <laughs> Uh, you're going to hit me on it. <laughs> Why are you laughing at me? I'm laughing at your response. You're, you're going to hit me for my number two. These fucking zones. Starting position zone, yeah. This is what's going to be brought in. There was an article today that they're going to go 666 at the centre bounds. The fuck is that going to be? I, I don't think it'll... No, I don't necessarily like that. I like the idea of anti-density rules that they use in the under-18s, which okay. I think the way they do that is to, at each stoppage... Two forwards and two defenders have to be inside the opposition 50 and then three more behind the halfway mark. So yeah. it, it's nothing too radical. Apparently it works incredibly smoothly. Like There's not those issues that Buckley was talking about, about we're going to have to push him back before we bounce the ball ever. Yeah. Um, apparently the players in the under-18s, the players have just got used to it and it just happens and it's seamless. And everyone I've heard talk about having seen it or having been involved in a trial has said it has made much better footy. I've completely I've completely come around on it. I hated it at first. And I also loved hearing Steve Hocking talk about it because he, he talked about 
how much effort has gone into it and how many people he's spoken to and all the trials that they're doing. He says hours and hours and hours and hours have gone into it. This isn't just something off a whim. It, it is something which a lot of research will have gone into, and I think it can improve the game. I don't like it. Don't particularly have a great reason why. I just don't. Just because it's different. You, you're, you're such a traditionalist. It's not just because it's different. It's because it changes the fabric of the game. Not that. Not really. Like the not fabric really. of the game if it is would... that you can do what you want. Like it, it's it, like half of the appeal when you first explain it to somebody, you go, "There's no offsides. You can be anywhere." That's a massive part of the game. But in, if it and was... it's not there anymore. I feel if it was flat out zones, like netball zones, then I feel like that does change the game. I feel like this is the game will look rather similar with just more space. That that's all that's going to happen. And the the, the game is it. I've been so hard on trying to stay positive about footy, and I still love the game. I love watching it. Every Are you weekend. actually in the "We're in Trouble" camp? Not so much, but I, I think it can be helped. I think it can get better. I, and I have recently, I have started getting bored in games more than ever before. Hmm, I have not. I everybody talks about so scoring's down, and that's the problem. Have you ever seen anybody actually say how much scoring's down? No. You know why? Because not down much and it's insignificant and it's probably bed down one goal in the entire year compared to two. I'm not, I'm not so big on scoring. I, I quite like a tight, tough, low-scoring low game. I, I, as long as it's intense, I like the footy. But it's more the lack of one-on-one contests. The only one-on-one contest the ideas you is have rough. for the reason to change the rules are not the ideas that rule would be brought in place for. It's, it's the clear motivation space. is because it's been dictated by Channel 7's ad revenue. Let's be clear about why people are talking about changing yeah, but, the rules. Yes, but that'll it's increase if the game is good to watch. More people will watch it, and then no, they'll it's money. A, it's so they get more ads for more goals. No, that's not true. No, it is. The, the CEO of Seven said we need more goals because we need more ads. Well, that might be an that might be an aspect of it, which. Like, I don't care. That is money. the motivation for changing the rules. And I distrust the any rule change. Listen to Steve Hawking's interview on SEN. Who has been pushing and, the and idea you will understand that we need that, a rule that, change? It's been Channel 7. Did you see Brian Taylor on the weekend? What about the AFL itself? They don't push anything. They're responsive. They're pushing it bloody hard, the amount of they stuff they have. responsive. Listen to Steve Hawking's interview on SEN and you'll believe there are people in charge who really care about the game and are trying to make it better. I'm not, but anyway, I'm we're saying, talking way too long I'm about it. I'm not this. saying they don't care. I'm saying they're too stupid to make the right decision. You're just a cynic. What's yes, I don't care that much about the extended goal square. I don't think it'll matter that much. <laughs> okay, well, that's that. <laughs> That's actually my number one. I like the extended goal square. I don't think... That doesn't change the game much. I am very concerned that the shape will look weird and I won't like it, but that's about it. Is it going to be a semi-circle? Is it going to be a semi-circle? How are they going to measure the deliberate rush behind rule now? That's These are the issues I want to answer, but outside of that, I like the idea. Yeah, kind that, of. Not, I, I not like the fact it doesn't radically change the game, but... It does have a positive. Like it, I, I think it will help them get over the zone, and it's one. It, it's not going to completely fix the game, but it'll fi- it'll help one aspect yeah. of it. Right, so I think the permutation that they need to do, they now have both the extended goal square and the normal goal square. You can kick a drop punt out from the normal goal square, but it has to be a top if you go from the, the extended <laughs> goal square. That's my that's, that, that's my version of the rule. Think about how exciting. But is he? You're, gonna... you're the one who doesn't want any changes, and you're making this more extreme. Yeah, but mine's funny. <laughs> 
Would you have a semicircle? Yeah, probably it'd be point post to point B. Yeah, yeah. yeah, wouldn't it? Yeah, but no, but no uh, one, I wouldn't mind that. No one would what kick it from the other side. No one would just kick it from the middle anyway. Yeah, true. Oh. oh no, they go boundary. They kick it from like an yeah. angle. Yeah, they kick it like halfway between. But whatever. Uh, do you, is there anything else you don't hate that you? Um, what was no, we've already one? gone. We've <laughs> already kick, gone. You kick backwards. Go. Play on. I think is your number one. Oh, we skipped that one. Um, yeah. Actually, uh, this one is towards the ones I dislike a lot. They were just this one's sex. not great. No, but it not was just, really. No, nah, because quite often when they kick backwards, they. They said play they on, play on anyway, anyway and just switch ah, it. Okay. It, it would change it late in the game. That's when it would change it. I'm but. very, like... I, I just I'm a bit mad with this one. Yeah, no, and that's what's good about it. Yeah. Hey, um, <laughs> move on. God, you're a grumpy person, but yeah, move on. I wasn't on. grumpy. I was just saying I don't care and I don't <laughs> want things to change. <laughs> I think I, I, are you just against rules that have already come in, that are now in place? Yes, no. So they fucked up the uh, Ruck nomination rule. And they've ruined the protected zone rule. And there's a heaps more that I hate. In I quite like deliberate out of bounds. I think it's helpful. Uh, yeah, that's probably true. Mm. And I, I, it doesn't the, the one rule change that's done well is defining the deliberate behind, which they screwed up in the port game anyway. The, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, the Hoist sure one. Yeah, but anyway, we'll get to that game. Let's talk about some footy. Okay, West Coast defeated Bulldogs by 54 in a pretty stock standard game that. Belonged near the top of the show. It was it was very close to Gold Jacket Green Jacket. It missed out by one vote on the basis that you decided to give it a four out of ten for quality of game, and you gave the other ones a one. So that was your fault. Yeah, well, West Coast are good to watch. Uh, <laughs> you're so rich. Uh, no, I stand by my decision. West Coast are good to watch. I yeah. like Jack Darling. I like Josh Kennedy. I mm. like Willie Rioli. I like Gaff. I've changed my mind a bit on him. He's not sexy. He is sexy. Like. Yes! Yes! He is sexy! He is a sexy, sexy... I said that before I considered it. <laughs> it's their use of the footy that makes them good to watch. They, they are very silky... Do you think Yo's good to watch? It. Yeah. I think oh, he's good to watch, he's but sexy I think he's good to watch, but he seems a little off. Like, everything he does make like, sort of uncanny value. My th- yeah, no, I know what you mean. He's a little bit awkward, yeah. Hearts in my mouth. It's like... Doesn't quite seem smooth, but yeah, yeah. I do he's like not smooth. Him. He's explosive. That's the difference. Uh, Bulldogs, another injury with Dalhouse out for the year. Um, they cannot take a trick. Yeah, they have had a lot of injuries, haven't they? And they've like early on, it was their backline. Yeah, well, it's still their backline. Still missing Wood and Suckling. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't um, have anybody. That is someone you have to take into account with them. Um, like they're. On that basis, they're better than St Kilda. Like we, we know, we know Carlton Gold Coast the worst. I think then it's probably St Kilda, and then the Bulldogs are a little bit ahead of them. I think. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. I like Gold Coast. <laughs> no, you're you're right. I, I do think the Dogs have shown the most future out of like the bad stories. So Brisbane's a good story. They're on the up. We've seen the worst of them, but are the sides that look like they're. They should not where they should be. St Kilda, Dogs, even Freo to an extent. And it might be the gloss of a premiership, but there's still kids there that I really like. They are frighteningly young. Yeah. If you look at like the stats, like they are so it, so it's, so it's, young. There are teams that are really young. Like North is the third youngest list, but we don't play the youngest team. The Dogs play the youngest team by a mile. Yeah, by a long their, way. Their list is young. And they don't play their oldest players every yeah. week, yeah. even when they're healthy. And that's and a lot of them. I, a lot of that. I who think is, is there? Is Morris? 
Morris. Well, it's like Eastern Wood, Matt mm. Suckling. There's like those, yeah. and they're injured at the moment. <laughs> they're, not, but, they're not that old. Or well, Suckling's like sturdy. Yeah, the only games he played a hundred. Yeah, true. I oh, know he's played four premiers. <laughs> they're, they're, they're an extremely young team. When you've played, and they've had premier, a lot of injuries. When you've so played, of course, they've had a bad year. When you've played in four premierships, I don't think you get to say you're not that experienced, no matter how many games. Did he? How many did he play? The three Pete and then at the Dogs. I feel like he missed one. Did he? I, I think he did. Oh, I, I seem to remember. We that. have a fact checker who can. Um, but anyway, when when people heard when Matt Suckling, when people heard that West, was not our finest moment. <laughs> when people heard West Coast Western Bulldogs by fifty four points, the only thing anyone was thinking of was, "Oh, it's time for the great segment." So should we get onto it? Uh, yes. Yes, onto Billy Gower's watch. Billy, 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 Billy Gower's. Billy. I really like your um, presentation voice. Billy Gower's watch. It's a great segment. He's pl- I have a bit of a, an issue with Billy Gower's. I want him forward again. He's spending more time in the midfield, and he hasn't been nearly as good. He had a little bit of it this week. His stats are, yeah, we only had the six kicks, but 12 handballs, two marks, three tackles, and only kicked the one behind. The thing that was impressive about Billy early in the year was he was so consistent, he was kicking one or two goals every week that he played. And... I feel like they've taken that away from him a little bit. I don't mind him spending some time yeah. in the midfield, the punching into the midfield, but he was a really dangerous forward. We know Beveridge rates flexibility over pretty much anything else in the league. And again, I don't think that's a good thing. Yeah. But they've got Shacky back playing some decent footy, Boyd's back playing some decent footy, Roughhead's in the side. They play, they're a bit taller than... What are you talking... You, you're comparing them to God? I of am, course I God am, can play wherever he wants I on the field. Just, he can choose where he wants I to I am play. just clarifying the flawed thoughts of a lucky premiership coach. <laughs> that was a bit Do hard. you think Billy <laughs> Gower should be able to rock into training and say, Hey, hey, Luke, I'll tell you where I'm playing. I want to play full forward. And then they'll all bow down to him and say, Yes, Billy, Billy, we will play you there. I thought you were going to go, Hey, hey, Luke, Luke. <laughs> I forget what the song is, but... You're an embarrassment. <laughs> but no, put yeah, it back forward. I wanted to kick clearly goals. Clearly he should, but he's a magnanimous god. He is a benevolent <laughs> god. And they are so short in the midfield, they need some godly okay. presence through there. They I don't need mind that way. his... his uh, I don't spring. mind that way of looking at it. That was his... It's, it was his his call. He, yeah, he's but, doing it for the team. Billy was that's like, fair, no, we have okay players in the forward line. Okay, nah. But, you know... Absolute shit show in the midfield. I'm pleased I brought this. We're up missing Bontempelli. We're missing McRae. We're missing I forget Not anymore, but McLean's so sort of injured. I oh, they need some real stability. <laughs> okay, and I am the man for the job. I'm pleased I talked to you about this because that that's a good way of looking at it. Billy's doing the right yeah, thing. See, I can team. be positive. Um, GWS defeated four by twenty two. It was probably the game of the no, it wasn't. It was like uh, I was close. It was one of the games of the round. To, to be honest, three quarters. Well, yeah, three quarters overall. GWS were clearly the better team. Port yeah. played a end of the third quarter, start of the last. That's a Just, little bit like what Port is, though, isn't it? Yeah. Like, they, uh, but normally, normally they're all right for three quarters of it, and they it's like yeah, a and close, tough game, good and then they just go to town. But this time they were quite poor for three quarters. Yeah, they. I don't know, GWS, you start to look at their midfield now that's back healthy, and it is staggering how good it is. Cornelio, Ward, Shield, the best player in the league, Josh Kelly. 
Uh, Whitfield can flow through there off the back of the midfield when he's pushing high. Like, mm. There's so many good users. It's did you watch the game much? Like closely? I, I, I watched the last quarter and a bit. So in the first quarter or second quarter, Whitfield has this ball where he receives it out of pressured he's standing at the back of the midfield mm. the, the stoppage, receives the ball out the back, he's pressured really heavily onto his left, the boundary line's there, and he hits this pass that goes about three metres at its most off the ground, maybe two metres at its most off the ground, and hits like Taranto on his chest, 45 out on a sharp lead. That is unbelievable skill. I said before that not many players can execute skills under pressure. GWS have by far the most they can. Kelly can, Whitfield can at elite levels. And guys like Cornelio are unbelievable as well. And they're hard. I want to bring something new into this pod. I'm getting sick of the media and us only talking about the talent of GWS. I've decided this is one of my big pet hates in the AFL, that all anyone talks about is how skillful they are. Yeah, I just I just do not think that it's fair on them. I think their pressure around the ball all year has been very, very good. When they're playing well, they run harder than any other team in the comp. And they move the ball well because they have good structures ahead of the ball. I know they're all good kicks, but you need to have a player leading up for it. And they run in waves. They run as a unit. And then they flick the handball around. Yes, it takes talent, but it also takes a lot of hard work. And and then they have space out the back that they can get to. It's There's coaching in that. There's hard work in that. I'm just getting sick of us just looking at GWS and just saying, no talent, no character. Uh, all talent, no character. I, I just don't think it's fair, and it never has been. So I think the reason we look so much at their talent is that it's the outlier in what they do. What separates GWS is the talent. They, they are good at all those things, but they're not better than Richmond at it. They're, they're not, probably not better at Collingwood at it. They, they, they're just, what separates them is having guys like Whitfield able to hit that kick, and having a lot of them. So I think it is fair to talk about their talent, but I don't think it's fair not to recognise that they are, they do bring it in those areas. Fair enough, but I, like, I feel like the talent talk is a lot of because they had those draft picks, we assume the talent is there. Yeah, but I also think it's been magnified this year, or at least crystallised this year, maybe only in my mind, that the talent dropped off through injury this year, and so did their performance. I, they're not a one soldier in, one soldier out. They well, I think that's they a reached a, issue. They, re- they re- reached a critical mass earlier in the year, and I think you have to look at what the talent brings when you see such a stark difference in performance without a whole heap changing. Because uh, I don't think their attitude dropped that off. That I think they were always there, pressure wise. Yeah, I think they're always they haven't changed their structure. Yeah, I, I just I, I I think the reason that I, I think that was a depth issue. Like I, I think I don't with all of the players who've gone out and gone to other clubs, I just think the bottom end is starting to show there's a bit of there's a bit of spuds down there. And I feel yeah, like fair. that's what happened early in the year. That, that their bottom six just got really bad. And then you, those players have kind of been pushed out. You get a couple more talented players in, and then you start working. Yeah, swapping well. but, Nick Shipley for uh, Josh Kelly is a pretty big win. <laughs> that, that is a handy upgrade. And I know, like, Kelly completely oozes talent. So does Whitfield. So does Shield in a lot of ways. But Shield oozes the most talent in my mind. Out of all I of think them, I think does. he looks the most talented. But so no, but Kelly doesn't have that explosiveness. The way he moves is a lot. Yeah, of, I think it's very talent. smooth. But 
I see explosiveness in Shield. Uh, we should talk about Port because the last two weeks have really taken a hit at their year. They they were really in the box seat. They were a real, real chance of finishing top two, and they've completely blown it in the last two weeks. And I'm, I'm getting so frustrated with them. I follow them really closely because I loved them five years ago, and I've watched them so closely ever since then, and they just they keep getting close, and they just keep blowing it. And they talk such a big game. They always, the way that they talk in the media, yeah. it's always... It's led by Koshi. Koshi thinks they're the premiers before they step out on the park. Yeah. And I think that culture has bled into the club a little bit. Yeah. I think there is an entitlement there, an arrogance there that is not deserved. They, they huff and puff and they back it up in very small patches and then they blow, blow it. I think they've sacrificed their top-end ability to become more consistent. I think instead of looking at the fact that they could move the ball like nobody else and keeping that while trying to supplement it with better defense, they've just gone, no, we have to get good at defense. And we have to yeah, excel I think in that, that is area. What's happened. They've just gone extremely the other way. And I, I think that was a mistake. And they feel they look a little bit like handcuffed a lot now. Yeah, like, they feel like they want to explore they have, and they just can't. They have players that should be unbelievable at breaking the line. And they still are, but they're so reliant on moments of brilliance instead of yeah. working it through a, a, according to a structure. Yeah, yeah. Like, like a GWS? Yeah. <laughs> like a GWS when they have Josh Kelly and Lockie Whitfield. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We should move on because we're going very, very long. But We knew it would be an overbloated pot. I warned off the top. Yeah, you did. You did. <laughs> People, if they're stuck around for the ride, good on them. Uh, but let's get to Pooch's mailbag. We've got one from Andrew Sloan, who uh, has... Not ever listened, I don't think. So yeah. good on him for asking a question. Yeah, um, <laughs> with Nick Nat going down with an ACL, is it confirmed Jack Watts was the correct pick at one? <laughs> it's not. It's not. It's not actually. It's not the worst call I've ever. I'm not going to say yes, but if this is the end of Nick Nat, Watts has arguably got more out of his career. Watts will play like over 200 games of good footy, not great footy, but good footy. Nick Nat's best is a far, far better. But that, will he have got as much out of his career as Jack Watts? The reason uh, he still wasn't the correct pick is because you shipped him off to dump salary uh, before Nick Nat had done his second ACL. <laughs> so we got Bailey Fritch, mate. So Bailey Fritch. So Bailey Fritch and Nat. Jack. So, <laughs> so the first seven or eight years of Jack Watts yeah. plus Bailey Fritch equals Nick Nat. Yeah. I reckon. Maybe. But that's mostly because I think <laughs> Bailey Fritch is pretty good. <laughs> it's, 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 not a, it's not a stupid And that's question. only if uh, Nick Nat's, like, dumb. <laughs> he comes back and plays three more good years of football. <laughs> Sorry, Scott. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, yeah. that is, there is an assumption there, yes. Uh, this one was fairly rude uh, from sometimes host Alex Stringer. Out of North Melbourne and Melbourne, which team let their supporters down the most on Saturday? <laughs> I, uh, I think it was my team. Bullshit. Really? I, I honestly don't think there's a question. You've already, you, Your club has already pleased the, your supporters so much. But in terms of letting our down with a performance, compared to what we've thrown up for the rest of the year, that was clearly our worst performance, and that was a bad performance. You said there are a lot of positives and you got stiff. We, we have... Yeah, yours was a more devastating, but you, your players didn't let you... Supporters. After missing out on finals by half a percent or whatever it was last year, we have higher expectations. We 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 are expecting to play finals, and I, we blew I it. Get that, but you didn't by choking in the last quarter after they built us up again and made us believe again. <laughs> but is that that is more devastating? Yeah, I agree. But I don't think that's them letting you down. 
It's like we didn't bring effort. You you showed up and then made critical mistakes that you're gonna learn from. There's nothing to learn it. from with what we did. That's just a bad. Yeah, in the long term, it's more positive for us. But in terms of how gutted supporters would be, we would be more. That's not the question. Gutted. It's who let, let the supporters down. They let us down by destroying us again by make the gutting uh, us. I think we're reading the question differently, so we'll just move on. This one you kind of hinted at. Do you agree with Gary Lyon saying that Port is the biggest underachievers of the last five years and the biggest winners? I don't know about underachievers so much. They're up there. I, I like the the idea of whinges I quite like because every every time that they lose a game they come out and make these big statements and complain about it and whenever anything goes wrong again massive statements from Koshi or whatever making a big big deal out of it and then they, they never back it up they they huff and they puff yeah that's what they do the biggest underachievers is probably still Collingwood yeah over the last true. five years this year they've achieved I don't like. No matter where this goes, they've done well. If they make prelim, if they make grand final, if they win the bloody thing, they've done well. Mm. But over the last five years, they've had a talented list, and every year they've been expected to do really well. Yeah. So yeah. I think that, and yeah, to no, be honest, that, Eddie Maguire a... is probably the only person that rivals Koshi as a winger. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, no, that, I do quite like that nomination, yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I would agree with you. But let's put everybody out of their misery and wrap this up. Um, do I have uh, 30 seconds? Oh, you can. So Sucklin's actually won two premierships. He was injured for the whole of 2013, so oh. he won with Hawthorne in 14-15. And then he was in the Bulldogs for the elimination and semi-final, but then he actually got dropped because of an Achilles injury. I thought didn't of that. Was fit for the final, but didn't get selected. I thought there was something oh. like that. Yeah. And then the other one is um, GWS of $4 to make the final. So that's an interesting, interesting little tidbit. Jump on it. That's mate. free money. That also, is free money. I, I, I'm looking at the ladder, and Richmond looks really likely to be top six. Um, <laughs> I've already, oh no, I haven't paid out on my bet let's you. just, not let's just bloody move on I'm sad enough this week <laughs> fuck you James look we were going to finish off with something different I, I reckon we met, it's been long are enough you bring something else to the table yeah no but next holy week, shit next you week, are bringing week, no you week. gotta do it you gotta do you can't tease me like that well, we wanted to finish the pod with a final question, and it's off my favourite Facebook page, the Battle Situations with Unexpected Handicaps. And they come up with odd battle situations. And I think the title's pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, but this one I've gone with, this was a classic. This was like their first one. All four hobbits in the Fellowship, but their only weapons are pool noodles, versus Peter Parker before he becomes Spider-Man. Hobbits. Hobbits with pool noodles. They're yeah. midgets with pool noodles. Four to one. Although Peter Parker's a scrawny little kid. That question is not hard. Well, what Peter Parker is? Is it the Toby uh, It's the like, prepubescent one that's like practically a hobbit himself. If it's Peter Parker, if it's uh, Toby Maguire... It actually doesn't specify... It, it actually doesn't specify his age. It could be toddler Peter Parker. <laughs> that's technically before. But no matter what, it's a young... Like, it's a 14-year-old Peter Parker against four angry hobbits. Yeah, I suppose there are four of them, but they are midgets with pool noodles. They also are a perfect <laughs> ball-punching height. You always forget that with short people. No, I don't know. I don't know. Peter Parker, he'd have a little bit of little bit of fight in him. Just, he eventually developed it. Yeah, so you're in there something deep down inside yeah, him. exactly, right? which I don't know about. Oh, I suppose oh. the Hobbits did have a bit of Yeah, bit well, of except for Frodo. That guy was a wuss. But Fucking Frodo. No, nah, I'm going with Peter Parker. Yeah, you can be wrong if you want. Anyway, thanks for listening to the 18th episode of the Seasons Plebs on Footy podcast. Um... Yeah, it's really long. That's all I'll say for it. <laughs>